Post recap is what you're listening in. My name is Michael and we are back in yet another episode. It's been a while having such uh, an episode on sports. And we are back speaking of a few transfer news, Uganda Cranes that has just played. And I'm lucky to be joined by Josiah, a seasonal sports commentator and analyst. He's a supporter of Arsenal. Other, other guests on this episode are not willing to speak the teams they support. For example, our daily guest, Ronald, he won't be able to tell us the team he supports. So although a few people know about which teams he subscribes to, then uh, the only Chelsea, proud Chelsea supporter on this podcast will be joining us, speaking of a few about Chelsea as we go into the episode. Hi, Josiah. I'm okay, I'm okay. Thank you for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. It's, um, it's an honor for me to be on this show. Josiah will be discussing about his arsenal. He, last season we were talking before uh, it ended, he was sure they are winning the, trof- the trophy. Unlike how it ended, he will be telling us why. And Ronald, Ronald, what's your take? Well, uh, it's good to be back to the sh- podcast once more. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while indeed. And Timothy, y- your predictions in the World Cup actually did come to, <laughs> to reality. The two teams you supported actually were in the final. Ah, Welcome back to this episode. It's always good to be here. Uh, good to look at events that are making headlines around sports. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a sad thing talking about Chelsea, but yeah, we'll have to get to the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, Josiah, Arsenal, before we go to Arsenal, Uganda Cranes, uh, it had chances if it got maybe a draw against Algeria, but it lost it by a 2-1 loss in Cameroon. We were hosts, but we are hosting in Cameroon. What's your take on the Uganda Cranes? Is there a future or we are in Chivalo things? I think Uganda I cannot say Uganda cranes doesn't have future. But what I can say is Uganda cranes needs to find a generation of talent. Let me say a group like let me give an example in Africa here. Yep. You can see how Senegal is. Mm. It's a very big leap. It's a system, yeah. It's a system. You know, we need to have a generation of players even if they play in this Ugandan league. Yeah, but they understand each other. Uh, they correlate their their football. <clears throat> they have this football chemistry. At yeah, the sure. moment, you still have Manuel Okwi <laughs> and Farouk Mia yeah. being called up for Uganda Cranes. Uh, to play with Lojas Mato, who has been in the under-23. Can you imagine? Hmm? Yeah, sure. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Look, look at that There's kind no correlation. Of, yeah. There's no correlation at all. Emmanuel Okwi by now should be in position to hang up his boots for the sake of this Ugandan team. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Another person, Farouk Mia. We don't really know much about Farouk. He's he basically, honestly, if you Google, maybe Uganda's prominent players, obviously you will see him there. Yeah, but that sure. doesn't warrant his starting, starting in a Uganda Cranes game up to now. Yeah. He's, we need to accept, and the coaches and the staff of Uganda Cranes need to accept that it is time for revolution. Yeah, sure. You look at the people who are contributing a lot in these games. People like the goal scorer. Yeah. You know? Bio. Yeah. Bio mm-hmm. on the weekend. These are players we should look up to from now on. We should change the shift, you know? We're not here to please people who know only Farouk Mia outside there, outside this country. Yeah, sure. We know our own local talents and we need to embrace that. You know what? These we can people, make this, yeah. yeah, we can make this work. A country, I can give an example, in the recent AFCON, yeah. Gambia. Yeah, yeah. That Gambian team was the youngest. Hmm? Yeah. Was the youngest. And they reached their first, it was almost like their first Africa Cup of Nations, and they went to the quarterfinals. They went on scouting their own players across Europe and even within the Gambian the, the, the League. Gambian and they collected and collaborated a system that works for all those players. There are many Ugandans who are out there. And the Ugandans within this country who play football on yeah, a regular, have been regular starters on yes, there. but we yeah. need we need to look up to them. We need to. That is how we shall market these players. Hmm? Yeah, sure. Uh, the, then let me let me shift that to Ronald. Ronald, what's your take? Uh, the system in Uganda cranes. We've seen the team try to 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 shift from the regulars to the young talents. Because if you see the the, the squad that was in Cameroon, we were hosting in Cameroon. 
they were full of players that have been at, uh, on the under 23 and uh, a few names that have been regular starters. Well, my general complaint with the Uganda Cranes is that uh, we often call players that are not getting playing time and they're not regular yeah, in their sure. teams. Mm-hmm. And this has a, has a problem because uh, you bring a player who has not been playing Mm-hmm. And you expect him to play teams like Algeria, who are very organized. If you look at the squad of Algeria, almost every player is a starter in their team. Mm, true. Even those ones that you play in Algeria. Teams. Yeah. So there's a problem of playing players that are not getting playing time and not consistent with their performance. If you if you look at Senegal, for example, yeah. Senegal has a bunch of players. For example, uh, in their game, recent game against uh, Brazil. Where mm, they won. They won for two. If you look at the, the defense, they have a player called Diallo. Diallo, yeah. Abdul Diallo plays for uh, Leipzig. Mm. But previously at PSG. Previously, yeah. But now this time around, he wasn't used in, cent- cent- in central defense. They used uh, Musa Nyakate. Mm. He, he has been playing well for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, sure. So I think we should we need to start borrowing things from our African countries like Senegal. They didn't consider Diallo who is in a big team, but they chose someone who has been playing. Yeah, like for Uganda. Coming back to Uganda. If you look at players like Gavin Kizito, some uh, another defenders. If you look at their statistics, these guys are not getting playing time in their clubs. Yeah, yeah sure. They're having like two, three appearances <laughs> in the, in the entire in the season. season. And, you, and you're called for the national team on merit because you're playing outside. No. I think we need to start considering players that are getting playing time locally here. We have a lot of players. For example, Ashraf Mandela could have played a very good role on the right. Yeah, on the right back. And then we have uh, guys like uh, Pens Begisa yeah. at URA. Yeah. He as well could have played a good role on the right back because he has been getting the playing time in the league. So Uganda, Uganda for Uganda to build on from now, I think we need to start using players that are getting playing time and we see how they're going to correlate with the, with the game because you cannot bring maybe Okui who has been having, let's say, few games in Iraq yeah. and then uh, uh, Farouk Mia who has been a bench warmer at uh, Rizespo and you bring them together to start against Algeria who has players who have been starting you, all yeah. season. I think it's not very pleasing to both the players and the national team because it's like you're, you're bombarding them with with, with competition roles, yeah. yeah with roles if you, if you watch that game against Al- Algeria sometimes I wonder if Arabs are they have some some other different types of blood systems or something <laughs> these guys were running all over us on the pitch mm. like every time they make an effort to try on to 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 get the ball from For a Ugandan the player they have to get it like these boys were so active on pitch and, and you look at their players the people are just sloppy careless with the passing like it's like we are scared of the algeria <laughs> yeah yet they even use the second 11 <laughs> so sometimes i think we need to start getting people that are active people that have been running all season yes, in their sure. clubs because you get a player that has been on bench and you expect them to Manage those runs against Algeria. They won't manage. That, 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 that can't be possible. Yeah, so I think uh, if you look at our defense, we use the Semakula and Gift Fred. Yeah. I would say that these players are very much inexperienced as mm. per now. Yeah, sure. And to bombard them with a game like Algeria wasn't the best idea. I don't know, I don't know what happened to Timothy Awan this time. He wasn't called. Mm. But he has been our top defender. He plays. He has. Sure, yeah. He has been playing professional football for over three years now in Israel with Ashdod. Mm. So I don't know why he wasn't called this time. And then you have Musa Ramadan who was dropped out of the squad. He has been playing well in Czech Republic as well. Yeah. And then you bombard a Kenneth Semakula with uh, with Algeria. <laughs> with Algeria. <laughs> you get. And then give at least Kenneth Semakula has been playing with the under twenties mm. and he has an experience in playing. But gift Fred, you bombard mm. him with Algeria, where players have been playing in Europe. People like Amura, the guy who squad plays for Lugano in Switzerland. Mm, yeah, yeah. He has been running all season. You expect different to manage his, his level right now. So I think there's some bit of unpleasing uh, state done by the, the, the coach. You cannot play players. Okay, we have levels in, in, in this game. So I think we need to match levels sometimes. We, when you have Timothy Awan, put Timothy Awan. You have Richard Kasaga. He has yeah, been sure. playing well in Tunisia with, with, uh, with a club in Tunisia. So I think... Let's get players that are playing on top level and let them match the levels of these other opponents. Because, to be honest, football is a game of experience, levels, and skills of different heights. And you you don't expect players of all those different heights and levels. Be, be, before to, we, we leave that, uh, should Uganda Cranes kill the 
disqualifier or and rebuild or continue with HULO? Like uh, uh, waiting for it, how other teams will perform to, co- to continue with the game or they just leave Tanzania to go? Well, it, actually, right now as we speak, in 2019, I thought we are we are we are on uh, you know we are on our peak. Yeah. We are now coming on our peak, mm. but it's like we have gone back to recess. If you remember in 2012, we have we have gone back to those dependent variables of 2012, mm. where 2012. we would we would need to depend on a way win somewhere, <laughs> and we need to have scored some goals. You get now Come we are back in that recess defend. again. We are back in that recess. Why? Because now uh, we have negative three. Yeah, we've considered we have negative three in terms of, of uh, goals. the goals, and then Tanzania has negative one. Mm. So for us to go through, we need to beat Niger mm. more goals, and a, we are playing a, away in Niger. A bigger goal. Yeah, of we need to and. I'm, I'm, I don't think we are going to count on Algeria to beat uh, Tanzania because they Alger- are already qualified and... and they may... Okay, Arabs are generally serious people. Mm. They, they don't take anything lightly. Mm. So so I would expect them to thump Algeria, uh, uh, Tanzania, I mean, seriously. But given that they've already qualified... They, they might would, relax. Yeah, they might, actually, they might actually play a whole home-based team against Tanzania. They might leave out that because it's it's going to be around October September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the leagues have started, mm-hmm. so they may not stress the that that their top players. They may call the local base players, but as well they are, they are a good team they are anyway. Good team, yeah. So I think Uganda should go to Niger with a margin of three goals and above. Yeah. Otherwise, our chances are are so low. Yeah. Then to you, Timothy, what is that point that you think Uganda Crane should work on if they are to qualify? Yeah. Uganda Crane is a team that is spoiled everywhere. <laughs> right from the, I think from the Ministry of Sports <laughs> to, the, to the last player in the bench. I think everything just needs to be undone and redone. Um, for example, why would you call back someone like Okui to come and play when you have a Martin Kiza, you have an Ibrahim Orit, you mm. have a Mato somewhere? Mm. I, I seriously don't think people like Okui and um yeah. and, and Farouk Mia should have been on that team. Mm. I'm looking at how rusty their foot their, their football has become. Yeah, sure. One thing that if you watch football long enough, you know that when a player, however good they are, spends mm. time on, on the bench, yeah. they rust a bit mm. and they just can't manage to, to give you fine form. Uh, people like Okui have spent more time in the plane than on the pitch. So you don't <laughs> expect them to just fall down and, and deliver something for you. Yeah, sure. And to make matters worse, you're giving him to captain that team. Yeah. I, I seriously think the Amban should have remained with uh, Milton Carissa. Yeah. So that was a mistake in itself. So there's a lot that needs to be undone and, and, and redone in that team. Um, I seriously think um, for a team like Algeria, Uganda does well with the young players and yeah, the sure. pragmatic football that they do because these are young players who have been playing together. Exactly. They understand each other. People like Farouk, Farouk Mia and Okui cannot fall back into such a team. They True. kind of cut it down. Mm. Um, one of the teams that plays a pragmatic football so well is Crystal Palace mm. in the Premier League. And part of their struggles have been because of the old guys like Ayu mm. and Benteke. When you want to break, mm. uh, these guys struggle running. <laughs> but Zaha, Zaha has done it well. Yeah. So what you simply do, you do not need an excellent player to get that job done. You just need a fast player. And Uganda has a bulk of such players. Yeah. So you play a team according to according to your, stri- your, your strength, not according to their strength. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can go against Algeria, attack and they, them and take over position. We yeah. can't. So let's just do the pragmatic football counter-attack. Defend, break on the wings, and run. Mm, yeah. Somehow you can get the goals because they did. And Milton Kalisa can do that well. Very well. Um, they were the only team that beat um in the in the um the Chan games. They they are the only team that beat the the winners of yeah. the tournament. Mm. And it was that mode of football that helped them out. So I think that's that's what they should have done. So you play a team according to your strength. For a team like Tanzania, you can actually go and attack and win that game. So mm. play against Tanzania like that, where you can't manage against an Algeria. Do something like that. So they should find out what works best for them. And Uganda Queens is always, I don't know, the coach. It seems <laughs> there's, there's some kind of influence that comes from the board, uh, yeah. the administration, influencing his decisions. True. But I think you can look at the team and it's dead on arrival. You look at the team that's losing right from the time they're in the dugout. Because I didn't see Uganda Queens being uh, looking for a win with um, people like Farouk Mia and Okwe in that lineup. Yeah, that's it for Uganda Cranes. Uh, we shall not go back. But before we can leave the Uganda Cranes aside, I read some tweet where uh, some Ugandan was a concerned citizen was like, uh, according to how I saw this lineup, it's like they are getting a, a market. They are putting a f- gift Fred on market because his transfer uh, contract is expiring on first of July. It means that uh, 
because uh, Mitchell has once been a, a coach at AC Villa, he's acting as an agent for G- Gift Freddy's transfer to go abroad. Yeah. So that's why he, uh, that that person was concerned and was like, it is an opportunity for Gift Fred to be put out there for international clubs to see him. Because under 23, he was playing very well, but he never got a chance to go out. His friends that were in that team managed to go abroad and play the likes of uh, Gavin Kizito. They were all transferred out. So that concerns citizen. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that's destroying Ugandan football. Yeah. Trying to put players on the pitch because you're trying to sell them out. Yeah. It's the same thing that happened in Chan because... I, for one, didn't think people like Sebufu should have been starting <laughs> game, starting with the number nine shirt, moreover. Yeah. Because his first attempt on target came in the third game. Mm. And that's a center forward. Yeah. I think with that kind of mindset, you're trying to put a player on the pitch because you want them to be sold out. So if we're going to play money football, yeah. we will never get anything. I think there needs to be some sense of nationalism. We need to look for trophies. Go out and, and please fans. Because... Back in the days, this, this team was heavily supported. Yeah. You had the Cranes Namutima movement. Mm. It was so strong. Yeah. But right now, people don't care. Like there's a, a And for the fact that the team is playing from abroad, the, the support is even more or less. Exactly. You need a stronger support system now that you are playing a home game away. Mm. So you need the little support that you can get. And let's but, add on that Chan. Mm-hmm. That Chan, I think you... I, I don't know why, like, when you're those people that are, are, are weak, yeah. you always have those problems among yourselves. You always have uh, problems of relationship. I don't know why Uganda took Sebufu for that Chantoname. And then we are, when we had Yunus Sentamo. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. And he was scoring. And he even has already uh, an experience with Chan. He yeah. played in South Africa when yeah, Uganda yeah. played 2013, 2012. Yeah. So I don't know why Uganda had to take Sebufu for that tournament. That move needs... When we had Yunus Sentamo back in the league, we had Senkatuka who didn't even get playing time. Exactly. So I think sometimes... Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I think that person was actually right. They're trying to market. Yeah, yeah, there's an element of politics as well. Because why is it that you, Uganda, who has problems, who is not good, yeah. you're the one that's creating problems for yourselves, <laughs> yet you have solutions yeah. in the board. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do we have that? So I think sometimes we need to style up a bit. There's something we are lacking. On that topic, uh, on that, now, shots, yeah. that is something also that is very important. Because if you cannot recognize the value in your local talent. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, sure. You cannot even give a chance to someone who is on form. Yeah. Because at that time, Senkatuka was on form. At least maybe if you called Senkatuka yeah. to play for Uganda Cranes in that yeah. chant tournament. Yeah. But man, you gave someone to play Actually, for me, I got to know Sebufu from there. Because for me, I, I, I had heard of him, but other players were the ones scoring goals. When it came to goals, he was not known. He was not known, yeah. So that is one thing we need to understand. That's why me, I'm a very big, at this time, at this time, if you still have Farouk Mia and Emmanuel Okello <laughs> in Uganda Queens as starters, those guys should be part of the coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> they should be the directors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, hmm? away from that, we shall go to Arsenal. Uh, mm-hmm. In the last season, uh, they had eight points clear and a few games remaining, about seven games, and they bottled it. They bottled it out. Uh, what's your take on Arsenal? What went wrong and uh, what do we expect next this season? Okay, um, according to what I saw, Arsenal's defense let them down. Yep. Uh, let me just give an example, varying on statistics. Um, Arsenal conceded 43 goals. Last season, yeah. But they finished second. Yep. Um, Manchester City conceded 10 less. Yeah. You can see that fine margin. Mm. 10 goals less. And someone is already what? On top. And another challenge Arsenal had is actually it has been a challenge. Whenever they have, they set an ambition. Yep. They don't get it over the line. They don't really appreciate the fact that at this stage of the of this competition, what matters is points. Yep. Like I, I think I yesterday we had a discussion with you, Mike, and I told you that defense wins championships. You sure? Yeah, sure. Defense wins championships. Yeah. Look at Napoli. Considered only 28. Yep. Barcelona considered the least in Europe in the league. Yeah. 20. 20 goals, yeah. It does not really matter the kind of football well, you play. Yeah. Of course, you'll entertain, but you won't be in position to entertain for the whole season. The consistency won't count. The consistency won't really matter at some point. And you know, another thing like, that comes with that is the fact that they did not recognize that means they were inexperienced. Yeah. Arsenal had the second youngest team in the Premier, Premier League. league. Apart from Southampton, 
they had a lot of inexperienced players. On top of that, uh, the players were supposed to be relying on themselves. Reached a point and... And lost morale. And they lost... No, they're not even losing morale. They became tired, like Thomas Partey. On top of that, he's... Every season he has to get injured. And again, when he... <laughs> he has that record. He has that record. <laughs> so, many... These factors put together led Arsenal to what? To missing out on the trophy. Yeah. Key games, they're on pressure. The pressure is on them. You know, City were an unstoppable force. Look at sure, what yeah. they achieved at the end of the season at Treble. But even when you have an unstoppable force, because even Napoli, I can say the same thing for Napoli, they're unexperienced. Yeah. That Napoli team, it was just put together this season. But why did they get it over the line? They re- recognize they at some point that we have to defend our position. Yeah. Not even the, the goal or whatever, our position. On top of that, Arsenal also need to understand that they also need to appreciate the fact that there comes a time whereby you need to rotate your team. And that's where you see that Arsenal don't really have depth. Yeah, They don't really have depth in their team. They need, you know, now we were really exposed when Saliba got an injury. You put in Rob Holding, then again you have to put in QU at some point, then QU works. But now Rob Holding, when you put him there, is completely green. That is 20, 26, can you imagine? And he has been at Arsenal for quite long. Yes, yes, that is the challenge. You need quality. Depth, actually, depth quality. in numbers, but quality. quality has to be there. That has been now. I appreciate where Arsenal have started off for this next incoming season. Yeah, sure. They've identified players who are experienced in the league, people like Declan Rice. Um, so far, not so good with the bidding because West Ham want £100 million. Pounds. I, think, I, think, I think Arsenal, they're looking for a team which will give them a transfer budget. Yeah, sure. That is not a bad thing for a player like Declan Rice because for the past two seasons, like he has played every game in so many competitions, yeah. so consistent. And the fact that he can keep going, he has leadership qualities, you know, there's something about English midfielders like Declan Rice. They come once in a generation. You see, after Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard and scores, all those disappearing. Yeah. We had it's been a while. It's been since, a while we had such a since we have seen such a consistent midfielder. So it's such a big thing for Arsenal. And if they can get a player like that, because as of now we have been reading that uh, <clears throat> Manchester United. Are also they interested. The yeah, they also they also interested. They see as if Arsenal are not so serious, so serious about the <laughs> ish, about the players. So they are like, maybe if you can jump in and outbid them, and, and also there's Manchester City. I'm not so sure they can sign Declan Rice because they have acquired Matteo Kovacic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are one of the bargains as a replacement for Ikai Gundogan. One, one of the bargains so far of this transfer window. So yeah, I, I admire the the the, the, the desire to fill up these positions, to replace Granite Xhaka. And also, for me, I see that they should also get some very good defender. Yep. At least one. And Julian Timber is not a bad ass. But, you know, Ajax had a very bad season. Last season, yeah. They finished third and we're not seeing them in the Champions League. I think for the first time in some time. Yeah. That is a challenge. And you understand his need to move and attempting... The fact that Arsenal have Our shown promise, the project League. is... Tempting a lot of players. And this is a fee to add on the fee. Yeah, to add on that uh, Ajax needs for Julian Timber. Mm. It's over 15 million. Yeah, you can yeah. imagine. And also, Kai Havertz, I'm not going to say that it was a very good signing. Yep. This is a player we have seen in Chelsea. Mm-hmm. He has underwhelmed according to the expectations. <laughs> That's that a champion league under his name. <laughs> yes, yes. He'll forever they'll write him in their record books for that goal he scored in Porto. But the thing is. <clears throat> Arsenal fans, including myself, have mixed feelings. Maybe we've, but we don't. Darren Bent yesterday tweeted and was like, okay, he's been in Premier League, but I don't know where does he fit in here. So <laughs> I, oh, I've also been looking for answers. Trust me. And yes, I, I believe you know T for football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a lot of analysis. From, from athletic, yeah, yeah, from the athletic. And yeah. they do a lot of analysis. And we are looking at Kai Havertz as a person. Where does he play? No, a lot of coaches have diversified him to an extent that he looks like he looks like he can play anywhere in yeah. that attacking yeah, front. Attacking yes. Yeah. So the best position, according to what they found by statistics, yep. judging by the minutes played and the goal scored in that position, 
and goal contributions was number 10. And specifically alongside the striker or behind the striker, more like a 9.5. He's like a second striker. That is what he is. Gives him that's a, where Odegaard plays right now. At the moment, I cannot say that's where Odegaard plays because Odegaard can drop deep to yeah, eight. Yeah, sure, yeah. Most times in the game, especially when Arsenal are struggling to hold on to possession in the midfield. If Pate is being crowded and doesn't see anyone, you see Odegaard so dropping that means, uh, uh, and Shaka making a run. That means Smith-Rowe will be out of position. Well, for Smith-Rowe, Adam, there was reports of him leaving Arsenal. Yeah, But... Where he came out and said that he wants to stay at Arsenal. And Five at the moment, Mikel Arteta is not done with him. Yeah. And it's important <laughs> to keep players like that. And I'm, that's why I'm not really happy with seeing rumors of Thomas Partey leaving Arsenal. I want Arsenal to be with depth. I've already yeah, sure. given you those issues. They lack depth in quality. And Thomas Partey has quality. So we should have the quality that if we are going to, if they are aiming higher wherever they aim to finish mm-hmm. next season because the, 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 their targets have not been made clear to us as Arsenal fans. Though, of course, when you see everything working out in the transfer window, you can get excited. But we also have to be realistic at some point. But but we need depth in quality. Yeah. It is where we cannot be... Uh, away from Arsenal, let's have one speak, speak yeah. about the Champions League sports that qualified and how they are ready for it. Uh, we have Manchester United, Manchester City, we have Arsenal and Newcastle. How prepared are they for the Champions League and uh, the transfer news in those teams and how do you expect them to perform? Well, for Arsenal, first of all, last season, they had a squad that had uh, an element of backup lacking. Yeah. For example, in midfield, when uh, Thomas Partey got, got injured, injured. Yeah, they kind of blundered in, in the midfield and Actually, they lost points because of that. Even defense, Saribas absence. Yeah. So, Arsenal, basically. By the way, they, they made a very surprise signing for me, getting Kai Avertz from Chelsea. Yeah. I would expect them to have uh, started with uh, the defense building first. Mm-hmm. You know, identify quite a few players and bring them in. And then send someone loan as well. People like Holding should be sent on loan somewhere. Get more playing time, you know. And then in midfield, obviously, El Nini is out. Yeah. So I think he should, though he got a contract extension, yeah, but last season he didn't have any chance. So well, then he said he just wants to be an Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has been there. Yeah, yeah. even when the times we were not playing, he stayed at. Yeah, Arsenal. but but his contract will get expired and they want to renew it. So yeah, he needs to get playing time somewhere yeah, sure. else. Mm-hmm. So Arsenal basically going into the Champions League, they need to back up their squad very well. They need to, a big squad to to avoid. Uh, Repetitions of things that happened last, last season. season. For example, in defense, when Saliba got in, uh, injured, they brought Holding, who didn't impress. Perform, yeah. yeah, then there was QWO in the middle somewhere, mm-hmm. didn't also impress to some extent. So I think they just need to get some serious defender and close that, that defense. Yeah. And then uh, in midfield as well, they're talking about Rice, but West Ham is charging high fees I for agree, him. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, sometimes it's going to go down to the player. Sometimes the player has to request maybe a transfer. transfer yeah. And then, you know, but uh, 100 million for Arsenal to pay at the moment, I don't think it's... Then possible. at United, I'm saying uh, rumors of Mount mm-hmm. coming to United. Is it a perfect signing? Uh, I, don't, I think Mount, last season, actually, I think it was his worst. Yeah. Or basing on his resurgence and the way he was... Champions League performance. Yeah. yeah, he was actually experiencing a, a recess last season, and uh, signing him at Man United, I don't think is a good is a good idea to bring him at United because he plays attacking role. Number and, eight, uh, yeah. and we have uh, we have a uh, few attacking players in that role as well. But okay, my problem with Mount is that the fees that they're charging for him is the issue. True, bringing him to United. Is not generally a bad idea because he, he yeah, he could as well come yep. and impact at United, you know. But the fees that they're charging with the one year, yeah, you're remaining on his if contract. you look at the way he performed last season and you look at the fees that they're charging, I don't think they are in correlation. So that's the problem because you can, man, you can re- literally get players cheaper than that and they are better. You get, yeah, yeah, sure. The, we have Madison, mm. Leicester City ones are about. 40 million in excess for yeah, him. Yeah. And he's a good player as well. You know? 
Why, why would I buy Mount at 90 million yet have a Madison at 40 million? They keep on yeah. reducing. Yeah. Now on 65. So you can imagine <laughs> that. So No, the reason why Chelsea are reducing the price is because the player and his camp mm-hmm. are already, ready. according to Fabrizio Romano, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I know anything. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. here in Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> he says that the player and his camp have agreed personal terms with Manchester United. And they have made it very clear yeah. that he doesn't want to sign a contract extension with Chelsea. So mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing that happened to Harvest and Arsenal. They wanted £75 million pounds originally. Mm-hmm. Now you see what Arsenal have paid. Yeah. So I don't think... Man United maybe will, be, will keep pushing because there is hope that they will get him at a lesser fee mm-hmm. than what Chelsea are demanding. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think... Uh, Moving then Manchester City letting go uh, Ikai Gundogan, their treble winning captain. Well, Gundogan, I don't think Gundogan was in a position of not wanting to sign a new contract. I think Gundogan's transfer, it has some hidden meaning behind. I think there was a, a, a string of re- relationship jinx with the coach. Because yeah. if, you, if you watched games last season, there are incidences in the game where he would get substituted and... Yeah, like it, yeah, it like, was not the time to yeah, move yeah, it would just move, yeah. You could see some sort of you know mm-hmm. rope pulling with a coach. So I am I'm, I'm that's why actually a player like your counselor as well is requesting for a transfer. Yeah. You get they have a, a relationship issue with a coach. So I think Gundogan leaving Man City is not like he wanted to leave Man City because he has just won a Champions League. Actually, last season he scored yeah. a goal that decided the championship. Yeah, exactly that. So this player has actually has personal issues with the coach, and I don't think a player of his caliber and level would want it to continue. True. He wants to move somewhere where he has a rest set mind, and he plays his game. And to make it seem really strange, he's the one who lifted all those trophies. Yeah, as the captain, as the captain, as the captain. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. It is really strange. He was made captain this yeah. season. To me, it was a surprise move, mm. Mm. and uh, the way it was concluded in just minutes, you see. They are already in medicals, and yeah. he, before you know it, he's in Barcelona. Yeah, you see, that's that's football. Sometimes uh, a lot of things happen behind the scenes that true, we don't true, see, true, but true. actually they are the causes of some things, you know. And even Alvarez, Kai Alvarez, his surprise yeah. move to Arsenal. Yeah. It it hasn't even mean it's not like it came out of the blue that Arsenal wanted him and things, you know. You know, Arsenal and Chelsea, they are kind the of rivals, rivals yeah. and you you wouldn't expect an easy deal to happen so fast. So, I think that as well as some issues behind the scenes, but. Speaking of Man City, next season they have signed uh, Kovacic. Yeah, and uh, defensively they are still strong. Mm. And I, I was of the view that maybe they would let Calvin Phillips go out on loan somewhere to get more playing, playing time. time yeah, because yeah, generally he's an England international, and you can imagine last <laughs> season. I think all these games were majorly in the FA Cup and the Carabao. Ah, and he normally came in as a substitute. And a substitute, yeah. But he's somebody that England is looking forward to as the next midfielder. Yeah, true. I think he needs to get playing time somewhere. And uh, I think if some club is actually serious right now, a, a club like Tottenham, mm. who, who are building, or even Chelsea, I don't know for Chelsea, Chelsea but yeah, they've they just lost Kante they should and actually, they should, they should actually sign such players, people like Calvin Phillips right now. Yeah. You know, these are players to that be, are... Uh, a, co- a, a cooperation yeah. between him and uh, Enzo Fernandez. This is a player that's, that is emerging, yeah. but he's emerging in a top club that has subdued him to bench. You mm-hmm. can imagine that. Mm. So it's not very steady for him to stay in Man City and remain on bench. And uh, uh, on the other club, uh, we have Man City, Man United, Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle actually is the, going the, for There's their... a deal for Tonari, Sandro Tonari from AC Milan. It's almost done. Uh, there, there's an agreement on table between the two clubs. Um, but uh, before 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 the summer transfer opened, mm. uh, I read somewhere they say the the board is actually offering seventy five million seventy five million as a transfer <laughs> budget for Newcastle. Everyone was asking himself if uh, they are buying Tonali yeah. at seventy million pound euros, million euros. Yeah, how is it possible that these guys actually are? Only had seventy five million pounds on table for transfers. Well, I, I failed to understand that, like why it happened that way. I thought Newcastle was in was, was on a journey of transformation, right. and after the Saudi Arabia, yeah, buying. but but I think Newcastle basically is a team that is not in a rush. Mm. They are trying to build their step, their strides slowly but surely. Mm. If you look at the signings they did, actually, they didn't go for any big names. They got in. As anyone would expect. Yeah, expect, you look yeah. at a player like Ban, they got him from Brighton. Mm. Look at uh, a player like uh, 
Willock. They made this deal permanent mm. after playing in Arsenal. They made for, it. Sorry, for, and sorry, by the way, season long. Season. I think sometimes players need game time. If you look at Willock, if you look at Willock at Arsenal and Willock at Newcastle, mm. there's a big transformation True. in the in the player himself. So I think Newcastle is a team that's not rushing. Like it's not even you know, the, the transfer of Isak. Exactly. Yeah. That, <laughs> Isak. that was a very actually. It was a very strategic signing for yeah. them. You know. They look. They search for that talent, and it they was brought so him, yeah. instrumental to their Champions League qualification. Basically, Newcastle is not is not rushing for anything right now. Yeah, sure. They are trying to build their team at the slowest level. You know, when they got that uh, uh, ownership from the Saudi side, yeah, everyone was predicting that Newcastle is going to bombard teams with signings with every big names. You know, <laughs> they, were, they were linking them to Neymar, yeah, Mbappe, yeah. buying, <laughs> buying players. But this board actually had yeah. a different I- idea. They knew that if they did that. It was going to affect them. affect them in very many ways. You know, you FFP, cannot just yeah. you cannot just bring players and put them together and expect them to perform well. No, mm-hmm. sometimes it's about building a stride, and that stride will attract players to come that side. You get because right, yeah. you cannot get Neymar, who is playing at PSG, and expect him to come and play the same way in Newcastle. <laughs> what will what will enact him to play well in Newcastle? Yeah, what is he pushing for <laughs> Newcastle? You yeah. know, just, yeah, Mbappe, yeah. for example, he was he was as well linked. Yeah, what will enact Mbappe to come and? Be on his, you know. So sometimes clubs need to attract players and play with the wood ban. Yeah. So <laughs> so right now, as you speak, uh, talking about attracting players. If you look at players like Joel Linton, mm. players like Bruno Guimaraes, two seasons ago, these players weren't playing at the level right at the level that they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. They have actually improved a lot. True. Look, look at the defense. Joel Linton. You can play anywhere in the Yeah. Look field. at people like Fabian Shaw. Mm. This guy was a, bl- a blunder master in defense, yeah. scoring on goals back and forth. But last season, he was very instrumental. Him for and Newcastle. Botman, yeah. And then the signing of Botman, that Dutch mm. defender, mm. actually sealed the defense Triggered line. his yeah, performance. Made them even stronger. Then the coming back of Trippier. Kieran Trippier, mm. who is more experienced. So it was a strategy coming back for him as well. But Newcastle basically is not rushing. They want to build a team that will work. And now... Oh, the only biggest test is Champions League next season. True, because I was imagining uh, imagining them in a group of PSG, <laughs> Real Madrid, <laughs> and, and you know, and Bayern yeah, somewhere. You know? Yeah, so I think they, these boys they are just trying to see w- w- if they can compete, and that's a good straight for them because it's going to give people like Willock, by the way, a new opportunity. I would expect if Willock plays in Champions League next season, mm-hmm. why wouldn't uh, Southgate call him? Yeah, for England national team. Why? <laughs> why? Why wouldn't he, you know? You can't call Madison Wilson struggles uh-huh. when you have Willock there. Yeah, but Brazil is already calling their boys. Joel Linton has already been playing. Yeah, true. In the recent friendlies against Senegal, he started mm, and Bruno Guimaraes. So you can see the impact the, the thing is causing. And to so, think mm. that we, that Joel Linton was bought at a striker. Yeah, as a striker for forty million, considered yeah. a flop. <laughs> hey, considered a flop. But now he's playing everywhere in the midfield. Yeah, and even when he came, mm. that man wasn't playing his worth because. And that's one of the reasons why at that time they had Rafa Benitez. Yeah. He was sucked because he didn't agree with that signing. And he was almost being proved right mm. because it was a very huge gamble where he mm. came from in, in throughout his years. Mm. His XG expected goals mm. was at least four, five, not yeah. by strike. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. Wearing number nine. Great number nine. Yeah. So it's but anti- now he's a midfielder. That's why, that's why uh, to me, Eddie Howe was the manager of the season. Yeah, yeah. that to was me, an yeah. incredible achievement yeah. to such a team. Yeah, had Zabit started the season, he'll be my best. But because Eddie Howe started the season, mm. to me too is my mm. coach of the season previous mm. season. Yeah. Then away from that, we shall talk about Chelsea. How they have been in struggles uh, last season when we were coming from a transfer window. They had tra- bought almost everything. So long as it is linked to Chelsea, they are buying everyone. And that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, you know, whenever Arsenal was linked to a player, Chelsea would come for that one. Then it's it has come at a time Chelsea's been performing poorly and they are releasing players and specifically going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, what's your take on Chelsea? What's the what's that thing that Chelsea is looking up to? We don't know whether Chelsea is going to be using young players because they have lost almost every senior player on the team. Someone was saying if transfers were the league, Chelsea would be winning every season. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a lot of unstrategic buying. Because if you just look at the number of forwards that Chelsea had, mm. you have Kai Havertz, you have Pulisic, you have Ziyech, you have David Fofana, you have um, um, Madweke. Madweke. <laughs> Why do you need all those guys? You have Sterling. Mm. So they, they bought so many players at the front. 
Yet you just need about six players, two for a position. Mm, yeah, true. So when this person sleeps out, the other person comes, comes in. in yeah. Now you have so many players. There are some players, if you show a player like Chukwemeka, you can think he's a strong fan who was brought to play, man. <laughs> because they, you never see them. <laughs> That's really um, ridiculous, man. <laughs> so this, this, this guy is by players without planning. True. There's a lot of unplanned expenditure. And I, sometimes you get the feeling that Chelsea buys players because they just want to anger mm-hmm. other clubs. When Arsenal has been linked to a player, they feel like no Arsenal shouldn't take that player. And that's how they buy the person. And there is no use of, of the player. I don't think Chelsea really has uh, So player. it's the right thing to release Kovacic, uh, Kuribare, Kante and uh, Azbitreta? Most of the players they have lost have was, were necessary. But a player like Kante, for example, shouldn't have been lost by any means. True. Because Kante showed interest in signing, signing a new contract. He wasn't really interested in the Arab money. They should. That's a transfer. That's um a contract they should have prioritized. Mm. Uh, for Kulibali, it was necessary because he's way above. He's, he's in his thirties, and you still have some good players there like Wesley Fofana who can get the job done. So they, they it was good letting him go. But people like Kante, Kante was so strategic. He deserved to remain. Kovacic should have been in that squad by all means to so groom what, the likes of Enzo. Exactly. So what you're seeing is they are starting from scratch. Mm. And I think there's an impatience in Chelsea uh, because there are players who would go on injury mm. and even before they come back. For example, um, Sterling, I mean, um, Rich James had two injuries in the season. Back to back, um, yeah. After he came, when he was returning from the first injury, I think he was announced to play in two weeks, that's according true. to the, the doctors. Mm. But in a week, he was brought to play and that's how he got the injury and went back. So because they feel he's a very important player mm. for the team, they always have patience, tolerance with him. But they are players who were never given a chance. Ziek came in Chelsea and he was good from the time he came from Ajax. He was he was a nightmare when he played against um Real Madrid. Um the free kicks he was bringing were just sending Kotoas to his bed. <laughs> so that, that's a player he deserved to keep. And yeah. he just got one injury and when he came back he was never given his chance to return. True. When Pulisic got an injury, he was never given a chance to return. And those are players who could actually hold that team. They would be holding that team by now because Pulisic is a perfect 10 for that team. Okay. Um, so there has been... They haven't given players priority. You see what Pep has done with his team. Um, you have Grealish in that team. You have Foden. You have um, Hundogan. You have Bernardo, Bernardo Silva. You have Mares. You have Alvarez and De Bruyne and all those guys. But somehow he has found a way to gale them, to, put, to give them a chance to play uh, week in, week out. You, you, you never get the feeling that this person has been on bench for so long. True. Somehow he keeps them around. So when they get on the pitch, they are not rusty. Uh, when De Bruyne got an injury in the uh, final. Champions League final, yeah. it, it didn't cause any kind of um, calamity. Fear, yeah. Because Foden came from the bench and he, he equally he did, did a good job. job. Yeah. But with Chelsea now, if if for some reason Sterling falls out and Pulisic gets in, you get worried because he's not going to play the exact kind of football you'd want. And it's simply because they are put on bench and they're just made to wait um, to, to be brought in when there is a crisis. And then the players who are playing, you need a, a squad that rotates because there's a lot of fatigue True. that comes in. But you have Havertz playing in until the Philly can play no more. So there is a lot of imperfection uh, with the coaching system. But I think... Um, now that Pochettino is coming, uh, he's one for the job. Um, if you look at the kind of squad <laughs> that Tottenham had um, yeah. with Pochettino, he did he did a good job. And he's also not that kind of coach who needs um, a very very big squad because you looked at you look at his time in PSG. Uh, he had other other junior coaches, people like uh, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. You can't talk them around. I mean, they've mm-hmm. made it. Yeah. So he needs players that can listen to him. I think he has that that caliber of players. So partly it's the reason why you see a, a huge. Amount of players leaving Chelsea. Um, the exodus is is isn't good. It's necessary. It's healthy because if you have so many players that mm-hmm. you can't use, they rust. True. Um, but also where the exodus happens matters. Like Kante, I di- really didn't think Kante should have gone. Um, <laughs> you like it, but you don't like it. <laughs> it it it's 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 a bit. Every time I wake up and remember Kante has gone, I I get shivers. But um. I think Havertz was necessary to go. I think Mount can be left out. Chelsea can work without him. Um, Who will be the number eight? Um, people, someone like Pulisic should be groomed to take over that position. True. I seriously think by the time Pulisic was put to captain the American team as early as 19, mm-hmm. it, it, it really shows the potential that he had, that, that has been seen in him. So the challenge with Chelsea, Chelsea has a track record of um, failing to see the, 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 the ability in a player. That's how they lost De Bruyne. Um, that's how they lost Mohamed Salah without noticing. 
Um, that's how they lost um, Tammy Abraham. True. Equally, they don't have a, a striker who is like Tammy Abraham now. So this is the same thing that's going to happen with Pulisic. He's going to go to um, some other club mm-hmm. and he's going to become a threat to Chelsea. So I, I really think um, <laughs> they will think of buying him again. Yes, and Lukaku, <laughs> Lukaku has been lost by Chelsea twice now, mm. and they've always sort of bring him back. And it's the same thing with Lukaku. Lukaku came, um, he scored in his debut against Arsenal, mm-hmm. and he was promising. But he just got a simple injury, and when he returned, they were not patient with him. They True. started measuring his his runs, started yeah. counting his touches, mm. and all that. His body and, weight, <laughs> and by the time they. He he, he 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 they let him go he has gone back to inter and he's getting the job done he has been in the champion league final True. which is a dream for some chelsea players right now they might never he get there want to come back. so i think there needs to be some patience and tolerance one of the reasons why arsenal is where it is now it has taken time to get there the odegaards the bukayo sakas it's it's not an work overnight chelsea wants you to be signed in the morning and in the evening you're, you're doing things you have a trick <laughs> You know, it does not happen that way. There needs to be some patience. There needs to be a build-up. This player has to be gelled with the the, 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 the the team football. And you see, clubs like Arsenal and Liverpool um, thrive because they have a, a team that has been together for so long, like Man City. They understand each other. Um, Foden can make a, a blind pass and he's just sure that at this point, um, the brain There's should be there. There's a Jack Grealish there. There's a Jack Grealish. Haaland can make a back pass and ensure somewhere at the the Bundesliga. Bundesliga is there, yeah. Exactly. But with Chelsea right now, you kick and then you see a strange fan like Madweke. <laughs> <laughs> just call him a fan. Uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to the Sports Recap episode in the Mike and Amisha podcast. And today I'm joined by Josiah and uh, Ronald Timothy, who has just talked about Chelsea. He has just bashed everything about Madweke. He told us <laughs> how to go and make her is a serious fan. Before we leave, uh, I will request each one of us here to give a, sh- a parting shot and give us uh, their say on each club they support and they league and uh, any information on other leagues and as we leave. Final shots, yeah. Yeah, my final shot is I'm questioning AC Milan's decision to sell Sandro Tanali. Yeah. He's a very crucial At a time player. when their yeah. sporting director has just been released. Uh, at a time when Maldini has been released, a sporting director who has given them all this, and even made at least they reached the Champions League semi final. Yeah, even so, they had Scudetto last season. Yes, they had a Scudetto not far as recently. So, something I don't really understand. And my parting shot to Arsenal is to take their time, as they usually do with these transfers, mm-hmm. and be very, very, very smart. That is one bring in players as Timothy has said who can gel in the system, as uh, because I ca- I've told you that I'm divided on this Kai Havertz transfer. <laughs> you don't know where he's going. To I don't know what he's going to do and where he's going to play. People are calling him even a nine point five. Is there someone who plays a one and a half position? Uh, it is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you rather be this or, or <laughs> yes. So Adita maybe knows what he's doing. Yeah, sure. So yeah. Let us see where things will go. We have seen players. We both signed Ben White for 50 million. People complained. Mm. Aaron Ramsdale had the habit of being in a relegation battle. He and has a record of, of uh, taking two teams in, uh, the, in he, the championship. He's just a relegation flag bearer. Those days. <laughs> <laughs> Those days. Yeah. But look at where he is now. So I have reason to trust yeah, that process because the process has brought us this far. And yeah, hope for the best for us, you know. Yeah. Then to you, Ronald, your parting shots before we can call it quits for this episode. Well, I expect more players to leave Chelsea True. as well. But uh, uh, basically, my my projection is that next season, uh, I expect Newcastle to, to surprise people in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> you see them you know, in a quarterfinal? No, not that actually, but... I would expect them to perform well in their group, uh, even if they're given like a PSG or Dortmund, you know? Yeah. I expect them to still play at the top level. Mm. But uh, Arsenal, since they're coming back, I would expect them to do some signings as well. Not only Avats, I would expect them to finalize Declan Rice's deal because they've been linked for that, for, for that for, quite long. for quite long now. And I would expect them to finalize it before the season. You know, you don't want to end the season where... You, you've been linked with a player since last season and still the next season you haven't like signed. Like the scenario. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think Arsenal has, has to get a, a Thomas Partey's backup as soon as possible mm. to enable them, you know, play steadily next season. And consistently. And consistent, yeah. Yeah, basically that. 
Then to Timothy, what do you have to say for Chelsea fan out there? Um, for Chelsea, um, there, there's a lot of and uh, just like Uganda cranes, there's a lot of undoing <laughs> that needs to be done <laughs> and redoing. Because Chelsea, Chelsea has one of the best squads in the world, yeah, but sure. you just can't pick the, and the biggest. Yeah. You just can't pick all those very many different players and expect them to get the job done. They need. Um, it's it's healthy for a team to to do at least two transfers a season, so mm. those players can fit in. True. Because it takes time. If you get so many new players in the team at the same time, it does not work. I also think um, Kai Havertz shouldn't have been used at, as a centre forward like Chelsea has always done. When at the time at Kai, Kai Havertz time in Bayer Leverkusen, he was a wide midfielder, True. Um, playing in the centre, sometimes going on the wings. And he was more like a false nine, but Chelsea put him as a nine and expected him to get the goals. And the sole number nine, not not like a backup number. Yeah, nine, it, yeah. It, that's not his position. Kai Havertz is a playmaker. Uh, he's sure. supposed to work somewhere in the middle and help uh, other people step up uh, at the front. So he was used. He was being misused. It's it's there's there are certain coaches who are getting so sharp about how to use players. For example, if you see how Trent has was taken to the midfield, if you see how John Stones was taken to the midfield and it worked for Pep. Mm-hmm. So you need to take time, observe observe what a player can do and see where to put them. So I think he needs something like that. And for me, I seriously think that um, he's going to become a beast in Arsenal. Aside from that, I have to talk about the Arab money. I mean, what Saudi <laughs> Arabia is is, is it's doing. doing yeah. um, if you just see. What they've done with 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 Newcastle, uh, taking New, Newcastle one season, Newcastle was battling relegation. The other the season, season they are Champions, Champions League. League. Yeah, so Arab money is 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 doing is, is doing a lot of wonders. And so you support the United takeover with Arab money? Um, I don't support it because that would become very hard for Chelsea to go to the Champions League. Ah, yeah. League. <laughs> but <laughs> that um, has come too far, so no. Any club that wants to go to the Champions League right now should consider Arabs because I think they are good football investors. Americans should invest invest in things like Twitter and their technology, <laughs> <laughs> but they they don't look. Like That's a personal people. opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's right because um I don't seriously think Boy is doing anything good as an administrator in Chelsea. If he really needs to do work with Chelsea, I think he needs to step out of the administration. Like he he actually did, yeah, he actually did, and just allow um. Things the to go to work. European, the experts to, to do the things. But you see, um, it, like last season, mm-hmm. some transfers were influenced by Boyle. People like um, like Chukemeka. Chukemeka, people like Sterling, people like Queste Fofana. Mm-hmm. He made so many interventions in such transfers. And Madrid. And you're getting those players and you're not using them. Well, Sterling, we've tried to use him. And I think he, for, he has been an average player for Chelsea this season. Uh, we've largely had average players, but he's one who can step up. But there are so many other players we didn't use. Um, so I think um, Chelsea didn't. Chelsea he just needs to step out, allow Chelsea get the job done. Um, and any serious club that that's just looking to excel needs Arabs. Oh yeah, that's it for today's episode. And you've been hosted by Mike Inomcha. Like earlier on, I told you we were joined by Josiah, Ronald, and Timothy. Thank you for keeping it locked today, Mike Inomcha podcast post recap episode. We are watching. You.